A conflict arises the moment that God wants us to play a small role that doesn't get a lot of attention or a lot of praise. Maybe you never get attention or praise, but we are the ones that want to play a big role. So then rather than trying to do those little menial jobs that God is calling us to, we chase after our dreams. Only those dreams are not things that God has ever wanted for us. So as we are chasing after our dreams, we are running away from God. And I call that a failed mission. I call that a failed mission when we are more concerned with the legacy that we are leaving behind than our testimonies that we are leaving behind. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Welcome to episode 122, um, where we are going to talk about something that, man, is going to make a lot of people wrestle. A lot of people are going to wrestle with this topic as I have wrestled with this topic. But before I get to that, um, you know, I have to say uh, a couple announcements. Well, one's an announcement and then just one is something that comes from my heart. Right. Um, The first one is that, you know, this is the last week to put in auditions for uh, the Poetry Jam. So if you if you would like to be a part of that show, um, that's going to happen in January in San Diego. Then you can submit a video um, audition entry. You can submit that to community at unassociated.com, which is an email. And then you can also DM us a video of you um, explaining your piece. It does not have to be new. It does not have to be something that you just whipped up now. Like, even if you have a video already stored somewhere of you performing in the past, let us know. You know what I'm saying? Like, use this opportunity to really testify to the goodness of God in your life or or whatever your piece is about that has to do with faith identity or the human experience and um yeah be be a part of the show so this is the last week November 20th is the deadline and you know if anybody has been thinking about it I hope that God quickens your spirit to be a part of it because it's going to be an amazing night that's the announcement um and then what I have to say is that really is a personal thing is thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for the love and the support that I have received um from so many people especially with last week's episode i'll be honest with you when i recorded that episode it's funny because you know it's 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 things that god puts on my heart that i choose to speak on um and that was one of the episodes where it's like it was about grace and i thought to myself like you know people already know about grace and it is what it is and like you know like it, it, you know it's just not the most like I don't know. Sometimes it's not the most like entertaining like topic and not that I aim to entertain, but it's just like, you know, I I just wasn't expecting that. And man, that apparently a lot of us needed to hear that message, including myself. And I just feel like that was a very timely for a lot of people. And you guys definitely showed me a lot of encouragement for that one. And I really appreciate that. All glory, all honor, all adoration goes to the King of Kings who who has who has given us this grace and who has given us even gave me the message for that you know what i'm saying that was for my own edification for the edification of everybody that tuned in so continue to share continue to you know what i'm saying like a lot of you guys are sharing the, these episodes a lot of you guys are you know really getting a lot more people behind this podcast and i truly do appreciate you guys i see you guys i appreciate you guys i do not want you to th- to think for any second that i take you for granted 
thank you for real thank you and uh we're gonna keep on going we are not gonna stop episode 122 we're going to talk about humility that's what we're gonna talk about i think it's something that none of us ever want to talk about but it's something that we all have to understand because humility matters so much you know, and it's more than just being the humble person that's, you know, sits back and like, you know, doesn't draw too much attention to themselves. Humility goes so much deeper than that. And I'll go as far to say that it is impossible for you to glorify God in your life without humility. It is impossible to glorify God in your life without humility. And that's why it is so important. And today we're going to talk about that. First and foremost, let's talk about what it means to glorify God. We say it all the time, but what exactly does it mean? And I think that one way that I really like to explain it is just to live a life and do things and say things that point people to God. Point people to Yahweh. That's that's it. That right there is glorifying God and I, I saw this video on YouTube and the way that the person the way that the person defined it was so I felt it was so perfect. And it's to express the invisible traits of God, to make the invisible traits of God visible through the things that we do, the things that we say through our existence. And it makes so much sense because we are told that we are made in the image of God. And that means more than just saying that you're beautiful. And yeah, sure, you're beautiful, but that means that we are we were created to be image bearers image bearers we were supposed to, to mirror the image of god to point back to him that is the purpose for our existence is to glorify god you know a lot of us might ask okay well why do we you know what I'm saying? A lot of us do it, right? We glorify God and we aim to glorify God. We shout out God and everything like that. But why do we do it? You know what I'm saying? Because some people will think to us that, hey, you glorify God, but what about your hard work? You know, like how come you're not telling everybody about how hard you've worked and, and the sacrifices you've made and so on and so on? I'll tell you this. There's multiple reasons why we glorify God. I'm going to give you three. And the first reason I'm going to say why we glorify God and why we should glorify God is because all of the glory is actually due to God. And anytime we take the glory for ourselves or put the glory in another area, we are lying. Not only is it sinful, we are lying. It's not true. Everything is due to God. In Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Talking about Jesus, firstborn meaning the highest ranked over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have created, have um have been created through him and for him all things have been created through him and for him real quick for the context a lot of people at least this is what my study bible said is that a lot of people were thinking that jesus was just another angel so apostle Paul had to set it straight that whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him verse 17 he is before all things and in him all things hold together the maintenance 
The fact that we are still here, the maintenance of the universe is a product of God. God is the person that is holding everything together. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. That is the God that we serve, the supreme ruler of the entire universe. The only reason why it continues to exist he deserves all the glory, honor, and adoration because the moment that God wants to take his hand off of the things that he is holding together, there is chaos, there is destruction, there is perishing. So yes, all of the glory goes back to him. And as much as he is putting all his so much strength into holding the universe together, he was putting so much strength into holding your life together. And to making sure that you can breathe in and breathe out. All of the glory, all of the honor, all of the adoration goes to our Father. Second reason why we glorify God is because it is good to glorify God. As we are displaying the traits of an, inv of an invisible God, as we are making the invisible traits of God visible, we are doing good. Because what are the traits of this invisible God? I would only imagine that if we're going to talk about or trying to define the traits of an invisible God, it must be the product of having the spirit of God in us. I would imagine that if we are trying to define what God is like, then it would have something to do with who the spirit of God in us makes us to be. And makes what the things that the spirit of God in us causes us to express. So I got to go to the fruits of the spirit. And I pretty much try to list them every episode because they're that important. Galatians chapter five, it talks about it. And I have it listed here today. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. Uh, other versions would say long suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the spirit. These are the things that we show when we are led by the spirit of God. These are the traits of God. As we are living by the spirit and as these things are produced in our lives, we are giving glory to God because we are making the invisible traits of God visible for all men and women to see. And the third reason why I believe we should and we do give glory to God for everything is because this is evangelism. In John chapter 17, verse 22 to 23, Jesus is saying a prayer to the father and he says, I have given them the glory that you have gave me talking about his disciples that they may be one as we are one i in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity so that the disciples and really us the church will be brought to complete unity with god the triune god the trinity then the world will know that you sent me that's the key part then the world will know once we are united with the triune God, the world will know that you, the father is the one that sent the son and hath loved them even as you have loved me. So for some reason, our uniting with the triune God makes other people know the gospel that God sent his only son into the world to die for us because of his love for us. So we can have everlasting life. We give glory to God because it is due to him. We give glory to God because it's good. It is righteous. And we give glory to God because it is evangelism. 
But the problem is that glorifying God becomes so, so difficult for us because we have this flesh. And as my professor would put it, the flesh is defined as a set of desires that we have that go against the will of God and that rebel against God. And all of these desires can somehow be summarized to self-exaltation and self-preservation. And I think he said self-fulfillment as well. But today we're going to talk about self-exaltation, the complete opposite of humility. It becomes so hard for us to serve God because we are always concerned with self-exaltation. And we've seen this throughout human history. We've seen this throughout Bible history as well. Adam and Eve wanting to eat of the forbidden fruit because it was going to make them no good and evil like God. People building the Tower of Babel so they can prop themselves up to be like God. Look at Nebuchadnezzar calling himself God. And now you have us. <laughs> Gen Z and millennials. Oh, man. 90% of the things that we do, we may not say that we're trying to be like God, but 90% of the things that we do has something to do with self-exaltation. Has something to do with creating a reputation, a personal brand, whatever it might be, so that everyone can look at us and see us and be like, ooh, Praise that person, right? I mean, let's be honest. I'm one of them. I'm definitely one. I can admit it, and I hope that you can admit it as well. I mean, we literally live in a society that is shaped in order. Like, it's literally, it's conducive. Like, it's to, to our flesh, our self-exaltation, our urge to always exalt ourselves. Of course, we might not be propping up idols and big old monuments and statues like Nebuchadnezzar, but... I think we've traded those things in for something like, I don't know, our Instagram feeds. That one hit me. <laughs> right. I mean, we could be honest. Thank God for his grace. But let's be honest with ourselves. I know a lot of us, we don't like to be honest with such things because, I mean, we we and I think that it kind of goes into last week's episode because we're, we don't know God's grace. I can be honest with the ways that I've fallen short because I thank God that I'm not redeemed by my own works, nor am I justified by my own works. I'm justified. I'm redeemed. By Jesus Christ. So if he says I'm justified, I'm justified. All right. So let's be honest, man. You know, it's funny, something that I've got, it's kind of, I don't know if it's going off topic, but uh, something that I've kind of noticed, like, and I think it's really a testament to like our, you know, mindset of just, you know, always wanting to exalt ourselves is, man, I didn't know so many people were from the hood until like our generation, man. I tell you, like growing up, I felt like being from the hood was not something that you wanted people to know. Like you go to somewhere that's outside of the hood. You're not going to tell everybody that you're from the hood because like, you know, it's going to make you look bad. People going to look down on you. But nowadays, man, please, bro. Everybody wants to be from the hood. Everybody wants to say that I came from nothing. Everybody wants to say that I had nothing to eat and all that different stuff. And for some of us, that's absolutely true. And it's like, man, it's just it's just kind of weird to me. And the reason why it's so weird to me, because because we all know why so many people want to scream on the mountaintops. Hey, I'm, I came from nothing and I came from the hood is because it makes them look better when they get to this status of like, OK, you've accomplished this. You know, they don't want to just make it seem like everything was handed to them. They want to show you that they came from nothing so then they can be exalted from oh, wow, you're the person that that beat the odds. You're the person that came so far. And all of it is just self-exaltation. I never met so many people want to be from the hood before in my life, but everybody wants to be from the hood nowadays. Everybody wants to be from the gutter. 
Nobody wants to admit that their parents have set them up so well. Nobody wants to admit anything like that. Everybody wants to be wants to tell everyone that I came from nothing. But do, did any of us ever come from nothing? Is there a human being that has not benefited from the grace of God? I don't think so. It's very hard to glorify God when we are focused on glorifying ourselves instead. And I'll reword that because it's very important that we know that it is impossible to glorify God if we are focused on glorifying ourselves instead. Because very, a lot of conflicts come up. And I'm going to give you two. The conflict comes up. The moment that God brings us to be front and center. Front and center of the stage. In order for us to testify of the goodness of the Lord that we've seen in our lives. But it becomes very hard for us because when we're front and center, oh man. Instead of giving the glory to God. Instead of telling the world about God and exemplifying his traits to the masses. To our family, to our friends, to the congregation, to the world. Instead of telling the world about God, we choose to tell the world about who we think we are. And who we believe they should think of us. And that is what I call a failed mission. A conflict arises the moment that God wants us to play a small role that doesn't get a lot of attention or a lot of praise. Maybe you never get attention or praise, but we are the ones that want to play a big role. So then rather than trying to do those little menial jobs that God is calling us to, we chase after our dreams. Only those dreams are not things that God has ever wanted for us. So as we are chasing after our dreams, we are running away from God. And I call that a failed mission. I call that a failed mission when we are more concerned with the legacy that we are leaving behind than our testimonies that we are leaving behind. Because we are more concerned with exalting ourselves and our name being hollowed throughout the earth than God's name. <sighs> Let's be honest. In both cases, you are living a life of rebellion. And the only thing that can stop you from living this life of rebellion and trying to exalt yourself and essentially trying to be God in the eyes of other people is humility. And that's why it's so important. We have to become okay with not being the main character. You know, the thing about what's going on is that God is casting us all to be supporting roles, but all of us want to be the main character. But there is only one main character, ladies and gentlemen. As you read in Colossians chapter 1, is the one that holds all preeminence, all supremacy. The one who has created everything and is before everything and he holds everything together in his name is Jesus Christ. There are some of us that God is calling us to places where we are not going to be seen. And I'm asking you, are you okay with God calling you to jobs where you will not be seen? Because it's not about you being seen, it's about him being seen. There are times where God is calling us to the mountaintop. He finally, through this whole journey, he was with us and brought us up to the mountaintop. And then when we get to the mountaintop, God is asking us, all right, step aside so they can see me. But will you step aside? An amazing example of this is seen in the scripture in a man called john the baptist and i've talked about him before john bap john the baptist coined the forerunner of christ he's a forerunner 
forerunner of Christ. He was not the Christ, but he was the one that was prophesied, preordained to be to come here and ready the masses for the Messiah to come that was coming after him. He would go out into the wilderness. He would eat locusts and drink honey. <laughs> he would wear what? Like, what was it? Sheep's cloth. But he had a following now. He had a following. He was baptizing people. Doing amazing things. You know what they called him? They called him the voice that cries out in the wilderness. Remember that, because that's going to come in later. The voice that cries out in the wilderness. That was John. He was a voice that cried in the wilderness until the Messiah came. Jesus came and things started to change. He was a baptizer. But then when Jesus came, Jesus started baptizing people. And then we come to John chapter 3, verse 26. When John's disciples come to him. And give him a word. John chapter 26. I'm sorry. John chapter 3 verse 26. It says. And they came unto John. The, John's like disciples. His, his people came to John and said unto him. Rabbi. He that was with thee beyond Jordan. To whom, you, to whom thou bearest witness. Because John even said that this person. Jesus Christ was the son of God. Behold the same baptizeth. And all men come to him. They're saying, hey, Jesus is baptizing and everybody is going to Jesus. Verse 27, John answered and said, pay close, pay close attention. Excuse me. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. May God bless your hearing and reading and understanding of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. He must increase and I must decrease. That's what John the Baptist said. When Jesus stepped onto the scene, he recognized that, oh, I'm not the main character. I am playing a supporting role. He must increase. I must decrease. How many of us are willing to decrease for God? How many of us are willing to not be seen so that God can be seen? John had this moment and he successfully passed the mission by pointing everyone to God. I am not the Christ. He is. I'm not that guy. He's that guy. I'm the forerunner. My role was to be the forerunner of the guy, but I'm not the guy. But there's so many of us, we get to the position that God has called us to, to finally point back to him so that all men can see. And instead of saying we are not the Christ, in our own versions, we say that we are the Christ and we are God and we are the source of our own strength. And we are the reason why we are here today. It is by our own doing and by our own hard work and by all the sacrifices that we made. Forget about the sacrifice that Jesus made. Forget, forget about the fact that there are other people who have made even more sacrifices and work harder than you, but they're still not at the place where you're at. For some of us, we all want to be from the hood so we could tell everybody that, hey, I made it so far. But there are some people that work harder than you made more sacrifices than you to get out the hood. And guess what? They're at the wrong place, the wrong time. So can't we for one second admit that we are where we are at by the grace of God and point it back to him? But no. In those moments, we like to tell everyone that I am the one that's done this. 
These things are the works of my hand, the complete opposite of what John the Baptist did. And the and, and thing is, the thing is, when we increase, because, you know, John the Baptist, he decreased so God, so Christ can increase. But when we increase, consequently, we decrease the evidence of God in our testimony. We decrease the evidence of God in our lives. We do the, completely op the complete opposite of glorifying God. We glorify ourselves. And not only is that sinful, it is a lie. And not only is that a lie, it is actually doing the opposite of evangelism. Sometimes it sounds so it sounds so innocent to just say that, yeah, if you work hard, you can get whatever you want. It says who, man? That's the opposite of evangelism. Don't get me wrong. Work hard. Bible even encourages us to work hard. But it's just like it's not the, the point is not to say that work hard, you know, and like, you know, the, you've made working hard the focal point. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. It's about. Having God, that's the most important thing. Verse 29 says something that's so that stands out so much. And I, and I actually watched this sermon. Um, John Piper preached on this sermon. So that's why, like, you know, uh, I have to shout him out before I say this. In verse 29, um, John says that he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. He's essentially saying that I am not the bridegroom. I'm the bridegroom's friend. And then it says that he rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. And something that John Piper said was that the voice that cries out in the wilderness was replaced with the bridegroom's voice. Truly capturing this idea of us and our role decreasing while God is glorified and he increases. Are you willing to not be seen so that God can be seen? That is humility. If you answer yes, that is humility. And let's cut to the chase, man. If you're anything like me, you didn't. your mind doesn't stop there in accepting it. For some people, they stop there. They accept it. Amen. Great. But for me, I have questions. You see, when I was hearing this, these ideas of God, you know, my entire existence being around glorifying God, I thought to myself, man, doesn't it sound like God is just using me? And doesn't it look like God is just using John the Baptist? He uses John the Baptist just so he could enter into the world. And then he kicks John the Baptist off to the, to the curb. And what happens to John the Baptist after this? He goes to prison and then he gets his head chopped off. Doesn't it look like God is using us and then throwing us off to the side? Doesn't it look like God is narcissistic? Doesn't it look like God is, you know, doesn't actually care about us? But oh man, oh man, it's just so crazy how the devil tries to control our train of thoughts. And we don't even recognize that that even that thought process comes from our own urge to exalt ourselves. I'm going to give you two points that really helped me. Like when you when you have these questions, I don't want you to just throw them off to the side. One thing that they really encourage us to do in school is wrestle. They I, that that word keeps on coming. Right, wrestle with it. 
Take your time with understanding certain things. Take your time to allow God to answer you. Take your time to understand things that you don't understand about the word of God or about what's going on, about everything. Let me tell you something. For those of you who think that God is just using you, that the very fact that God has chosen you to be used is a testament for his love for you. Because need I remind you that God does not need you, you need him. Need I remind you that the moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, God had all the right. And even before that, because he even gave us life, the life that we have is borrowed to wipe out everything and start all over. No more free will this time. But no, he kept at it. Is this the most efficient way? No, it's not. But he kept at it. Why? Because of his love for us. How gracious is a God that would see a sinner like me and say that I'm going to use him still to bear my image in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to use him still in my plan, even though he's not worthy to be used. Need I remind you that originally being an image bearer of God was didn't mean suffer. Suffering came when sin came, but we are made in the image of God before sin came, right? But when the sin came, suffering came. But because God still chooses to use us, he said, I'm still going to allow these people to do things and make my traits visible through them. Even though they're living in an imperfect world and suffering, they will see my glory in their suffering. Another point. Do not be mistaken that the story of John the Baptist ended with his head getting chopped off or that any of our stories end with being tossed in a trash can after God uses us for his glory here on earth. Don't get it twisted. You see that God... God is not in the business of just his his interest in you exceeds just that. And you know why I know that and you know why I can believe that is because in John chapter 14, verse two to three, Jesus says in my father's house are many mansions. If if it were not so, I would have told you I go to I wouldn't have told you that I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that's where I am there ye may be also in Revelations chapter 21 to 4 says and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away our end is no end at all our end is an eternal life without suffering our end is taking the keys to our mansion that Jesus has prepared for us because we get to partake in his perfect world and we get to Witness no pain and no suffering because God loves us. Humility, ladies and gentlemen. God wants to use you in life and you're going to bless other people. Oh, man. But he needs you to humble yourself 
and follow his lead. And sometimes he's going to lead you away from the cameras. He's going to lead you away from center stage. Lead you away from everyone's attention and from all the praise and from all the glory. And I want you to be able to say, as you will, so shall it be. I need you to be able to say that we will decrease as he increases because it is due to him. And because it is righteous. And so that all men and all women around our lives will know that there is a God and he loves them so much. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given me to get behind this mic and speak. Speak on this matter, Father God, to your children and even to myself. And I pray that the words that have been spoken, Lord, let it seep into our brains. Father, some of us will wrestle some more. Some of us, God, others will wrestle some more, Father. But help us to rely on you, our solace, our fortress, our pavilion, our hiding place, our strength. Thank you for your love. Thank you for giving us purpose. Thank you for giving us identity. And help us to live out this purpose and live in accordance with this identity. Father, men and women will see our lives and they will see the invisible traits of you. They will see you and your goodness. And one day, Father, everyone that is listening by your grace, Lord, if it's someone that hasn't given their life to Christ, help them to understand what I'm saying, Father. One day we will come together and we will be in a place with no suffering and no pain, with many mansions. Partaking in your perfect world. Let your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. I love you guys. You guys have a great week. Um man. <sighs> I needed that one too. I needed that one too. I love you guys. Peace. Peace.